Welcome to an episode of Marriage Caviar. This um, is a tough one. We have um, converted the podcast back to a bi-weekly podcast where our episodes drop every other week. And we have not delivered a new episode. This is week three of us not delivering a new episode. And usually this will be the part of the podcast where we apologize for that. Um, However, we have no apologies for you all at this time because we had to steady our hands, steady our words, stabilize our mental and emotional selves individually um, as a, and as a couple to be able to have a really tough conversation. We both agreed that it would be incredibly irresponsible of us to have this platform and to not have a transparent, heartfelt, genuine conversation regarding race in America and really what that looks like in our relationship and probably many other relationships. Um, So here we are. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Like it, and it's, it's one of those things where like having this platform, I'm, I'm hoping that tonight is therapeutic in a sense, um, they were able to discuss and have this conversation, no idea where it's going to go, um, what will unfold is just, I think it, it, it needs to happen. And what you get out of it, or if you get anything from it, is not really the goal. Um, I, I think it's just an exercise in households that we should be having is us having this conversation to get our feelings, our emotions out with one another instead of holding them in and letting them manifest in other ways. So uh, in, in reference to everything that we've been discussing, you know, we, we planned on having an episode and then Ahmad Arbery happened and that kind of derailed it. And then this week, we're like, okay, let's jump into it and have a discussion. We're fine mentally. We're fine emotionally. And not fine, but just stable. Mm-hmm. And then you get another yeah. another happening with George Floyd. And it's just like, it's this cycle all over again. Like, once you feel like you've made it to a point to where you can function, the cycle repeats itself. Yeah. And I think it's important that you say like that you didn't say once we've gotten to a point where like we're okay because we're not okay. Right? We we're we're functioning. Like we are mourning the loss of yes, a stranger. Many of us did not know him, but this has become such a constant or not become. This has steadily been a constant for us um for the African-American community that it's, I don't even, I think, we, I think it, it's going to be many times in this podcast where I just have to pause. Let me just say that because, and it's not a pause for me to give you like the peak, the PC answer, like by no means am I attempting to be politically correct, but I do want to, um, to just deliver in a way where like I'm fully understood in this in this matter on this matter but I'm going to say that, like my biggest feeling of the past one of my biggest feelings over the past few weeks is being so thankful um for the quarantine in this sense like I I, I didn't realize how much I needed it because I could not imagine going to my workplace with all of this happening. Mm-hmm. I think I, like going back to my brown, like I had 
people who look like me. And you could tell like just from the body language and the subtext and the way that we would talk. You mean at work? At work. Mm-hmm. That everybody was feeling the same thing. Yeah. But like to go to my, my job now and like already feeling like I'm in a bubble mm-hmm. and then realizing like, man, these... They have no idea. Yeah. No idea. And and the thought that keeps running in my mind is like all across America, like I'm sure this ha- is happening because it always happens mm-hmm. with something like this. You have counterparts who, if it's something controversial within the African-American community, hey, what do you think about this? And it's all this, you know, the, uh, water cooler talk or mm-hmm. in a coffee break room. Like, what do you th- give me your opinion on this? And in the one recent example that I'll give is the in the office is hey what are your your thoughts on Kaepernick and him skipping the workout so on and so forth Somebody asked you that? yeah and it's like what do you think about that and it's like man like I my my first question in these times is always like are you asking for just to discuss mm-hmm. like are you are do you want to be educated or are you trying to prove a point? Yeah. Like, what's the purpose? What What's your purpose? And 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 I think that's always the case in, this, in these situations. It's like, man, our counterparts, so people who have no idea, nowhere to be found when stuff like this happens. Mm-hmm. When somebody unarmed gets killed, when somebody unjustly gets murdered, mm-hmm. nowhere to be found. Don't want to, nowhere to check on you. Mm-hmm. Hey, how you doing? Are you okay? How's your mental no controversy involved. No way for me to stick the finger back in your face or yeah. whatever the case is. I I do think that, especially in the setting that you are referencing, I think that there is this super far removed presence that you can't even think to ask that. Like, you're not even thinking. Like, I, I'm. Th- so my thought process is... If I was a office manager or someone who worked in a predominantly white space, right, and there was this young African American man, only one in my office, my thought process would even outside of the office setting would be to check in. But I feel like that's the thought process of 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 a of an ally. That you have to but care. You, yeah, <laughs> but you you have to be aware, and I think everyone is. You have to care, right? And then you have to be able to, it has to resonate with you somewhere deeply, right? And I think that that's the issue that we are like missing. And I know, and I think it's fair to say this, people all across the world, no matter what race, color, gender, whatever, we all handle grief differently. Mm Mm-hmm. And so some of us, you know, in the African-American community, we might get on social media and we, you know, continue to post as normal. We continue to joke. We continue to kind of like just keep it light and airy. We post positive things to break up the monotony of the conversation, you know, and that's that's that person's way of grieving. That's that group, right? Mm-hmm. We have people who are completely enraged, um, who are voicing their opinions, who are making live videos, who are um, visually upset, like emotionally distraught, showing all types of, you know, everything on social media. Um, We have people who repost, like everybody finds a way to contribute to the conversation. But I think that we are at a point, and we've probably been at a point where the the people who we're all looking at as like this is the real problem are the silent ones like are the ones who are not seeing it yeah but i i have to play devil's advocate on that because i don't feel that far removed from those individuals who were silent hmm. and I think so just to preface in preparation for this conversation, like Justin and I have not had a conversation. Um, Justin 
is the person <laughs> who will not watch the videos. He um, will read the, the stories. Um, I don't know if he reads them in full, but I know that he will not watch the videos. I am by nature very out of sight, out of mind. So I have to watch it. I only need to watch it once. I will not watch it a second or third time. Um, but I have to to stay con like I have to feel it to be connected. And so I feel like that is my my foundation from like where I was when we got into this relationship. So the one thing that we did say in preparation for this conversation was one, I told Justin that I wanted to to tell this one particular story, which I'll tell in a second. And then two, I just watched him watch both videos back to back. Um, so that's just, let me, I just wanted to say that to preface this conversation. So this, the story that I wanted to tell you guys. So in July um, of 2020, Justin and I will have been together for seven years. Um, known each other for 10 I think that it's important for me to acknowledge that those numbers and based on what I'm about to say. So we have been in a relationship for what, two years? Or what? I'm at that point, yeah. Yeah. Somewhere somewhere, somewhere around Two years, maybe a year and a half, we were had moved to Charlotte. Yeah, probably two years. So let's say two years we have been in a relationship and um, the murder of Mike Brown took place. And this took place in St. Louis. Um, and we had recently moved from St. Louis. Now... Obviously, we all live in a time now where social media, like everything is on social media. So everything's in our face. Um, and I think that's a whole nother conversation. But everything's in our face. We could actively see like what was going on. I think that was around the same time where you were like, we don't need cable. Like we'll <laughs> have this magical box that I had never heard of. And so we weren't actively like, turning on the TV to watch the news or whatever. And I think that's the case for a lot of millennials. And so all the news that we got was was news that we sought out. Like we either had to Google it on our phone or we had to trust the, the um, we had to trust the internet. We had to trust social media. And so it happened. I could see uh, an extreme shift in Justin's mood, and I was just kind of like, do 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 do, going on about life as if like nothing was wrong, and I kept asking him, "What's wrong?" You know, like what's wrong, and he wouldn't say anything, and that was pretty typical of our communication at that time. So I, I really didn't think too much of it. And so time went by, they started to have um, marches in St. Louis. And Justin was like, I wanna go to St. Louis to go to this march. I don't know if he said I wanna go or I'm going, but either way I was like, oh hell no. And in full transparency, let me just tell you guys that my oh hell no was not about like, the 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 foundation of the no for me was not a hundred percent like I'm fearing for like your safety. Like it was part safety, but it was part like why would you go down there and be in the middle of a riot? What is the per like what is this march going to do? I had no concept of like I don't know, empathy or an emotional attachment towards like being black in America. And I can tell you now bits and pieces on why that was like one. I just told you guys I'm out of sight, out of mind. And that's me with 
everything in life. Um, The other part of it was I was operating on the premise that like, that's not going to be me. Like it couldn't be me. Like I'm not about to be. And then the biggest part of it was I was the person who I needed to hear the facts. Like, let's wait till the rest of the story came out. Like, let's let's wait and listen and see what, you know, maybe they had this or if he would have did this, then maybe this wouldn't have happened kind of thing. Like, basically making, actively making excuses on why we should, like, hear this out, right? And <laughs> I don't know. I can't put a time frame on it. Maybe Justin can on how long it took for, like, my Malcolm to show up. But once it did, like, it's incredibly hard to turn it off. And I think that, like, the whole, like, um, like, the stay woke thing, like, literally, I was asleep. And I can say, like, so, yes, I literally, I literally was asleep um, at the will of, black life in America. And I can say this openly now, just because I feel like we have built within this podcast, like, you know, a a trusted community of people of listeners who know, you know, who we are and what we're about. But for a long time, like I was incredibly embarrassed once I like woke up and realized like, yo, since you have been dead wrong for a long ass time, and it doesn't have to be like your brother, cousin, friend, someone close to you for you to be really fucking angry about what's happening here. And I can tell you and I'll, you know, see what see what blanks Justin wants to fill in in this. But like, I'll say the first step of it was him like standing his ground and being like, you know, no, this is important because X, Y, and Z. So one, it's very important to like challenge your spouse's state of mind and their core beliefs and their ideals about like everything. Um, Two, that allowed me to really have like introspective moments on like, well, how do you show up for the people who are closest to you when you, you know, when things happen? And let me go back and look at the history of this. Like, let me under, let me better understand what it is that he's saying. And the third thing was I started to go down this, this rabbit hole of really um, finding myself and my voice by asking myself one question. And that was, okay, if you know, if if you think, if you still have this belief on like, What is the purpose of marching? What is the purpose of rioting? If you don't think that, you know, those are the right outlets, what exactly is your outlet going to be? Like what what platform, what purpose, what movement, what what is your part? What part do you play in the solution? Because you don't get to do nothing and have an opinion. Right. That's that's how I feel about it. Right. So that's where I where I started. What would you? No, as we're having this conversation, like I, it is really taking me down memory lane because I, I hadn't thought about this again. Mm-hmm. I think about it all the time. But because I, I remember being, I remember my thought mm-hmm. in that moment to myself, mm-hmm. being, oh shit. I think I messed up. Like this yeah. ain't gonna work. Mm-hmm. And and when people say like that aha moment in a relationship where it's like usually it's usually not a real social justice. Like, right. <laughs> right. It's always like something more obvious. Mm-hmm. I don't know, communication, work religion. workaholic, religion, something How you like raise that. Kids. Like, oh, yeah. oh. I ain't gonna be able to do this. Like that's that was my thought, and then like seeing you now, it's like night and day, um, and like hearing your background on it is interesting. Just just because it's completely different from mine. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Growing up in like the deep south, like in Arkansas, mm-hmm. like my whole life, growing up in Forest City, Arkansas, named literally 
named after Nathan Bedford Forrest, who started the KKK and has a monument still in the city to this day. Um, hearing the stories, hearing the stories about black people being put into empty swimming pools and holes, having relatives who fall for social justice, like having people in your city right now, like growing up where it was commonplace to see more Confederate flags than you do American flags has an effect on you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being 40 minutes away from Memphis, from the Lorraine Motel, like having all these different sites, like the Little Rock Central, the Central Nine, uh, who integrated public schools. So it, it's been part of me, it's been ingrained uh, from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. So starting for me, like as I got older, the challenge for me wasn't like how to be more woke. It was more like how am I not how am I gonna function and not be angry all the time? Yeah. And and that was a huge, huge learning curve for me, was just hey, how how do I function in society and just not be angry? I mean, just like James Baldwin said, to be conscious in black in America is to be a state of anger all the time. Mm-hmm. So how do you tone that down? Or should you? Or should you? Yeah. What's the what's the fine line? Like how do you be yourself? How do you be true to yourself and then not feel like you know, you're giving up on the fight or you're giving up on the cause, whatever the case may be. Yeah. And, and it's tough. And no, seriously. And, I, and and for me, like when you mentioned like I don't watch the videos, like because I know me. Like I know like when these things happen Mm -hmm. and and they've been happening this isn't anything new when these things happen like it completely changes my mood like I'm not I'm not functioning like it's Mm -hmm. and that's where I say like it's great that we're home during this time because and and that's why I hadn't watched the videos because I I don't have anything else but my thoughts Mm -hmm. like it's not you know when it's happened in the past like oh well you you got you have to go to work you can function like you can you have stuff to distract you you'll have pockets mm-hmm. to where you know you think about it but to be able to just sit there and not have anywhere to go except for these four walls and your thoughts mm-hmm. and distract you i think that's tough and that's where we really got to be patient with people right now yeah got to be understanding and really reach out and just check in like mm-hmm. you know how are you doing mentally how are you doing emotionally because it's tough you don't have it's you can't be around you know, we're social distancing. You can't be around people right now to have people take your mind off of or to sit there and have these conversations. Yeah. And it's, and it's wild to me. And, and even, like, just flipping it even more when we're talking about allies, like, at this point, like even if you, even if you aren't a minority, mm-hmm. at this point, you know what's happening. So for you to not do anything, you're complicit in the act in my eyes. Because mm-hmm. at first you can act shocked. Like, oh, okay, well, this is few and far between. Like, no, this is commonplace in America now. This is a habit. This is ingrained in the fiber of America. And so for you to turn a blind eye or not lift a voice, not make a post, not do something, some type of action, you're complicit. You're saying that this is Okay. And whether you realize that or not, it's the fact. Like whether you feel like you not saying anything isn't doing anything, no, it's telling me that you don't care. Yeah. I think so. I have a a couple thoughts surrounding this. So one <laughs> I don't even I think that it's really difficult for us to really sit back and see any light at the end of the tunnel because it's happening more frequently and because we have social media it's in our face right mm-hmm. and I don't know it's almost like I don't want to be like a conspiracy theorist but that's all we do with social media as a society right now. Mm-hmm. 
And so before, like, Instagram, before Facebook, the media outlet was the news. And it wasn't there. Yeah. Right? Because how many of us were, like, tuning in to the newspaper or the news? But I almost feel like this is happening. And I, and I, and my, my thought process is spiraling and it's, and it's coming from like, so the officer or officers who have, you know, done these things time and time again, do you wake up like, okay, this is what I'm going to do today? Like, what does your thought process have to be when you get out the car? To say, like, I'm going to dehumanize the shit out of this person. Because that officer has seen everything that has transpired before them. We have given them no reason to kind of heed their actions by having real, true justice. Mm -hmm. Right? So I understand that. But I'm just imagining, like, the things that you put your family through as being, like, a racist cop. That is now all splattered all over the news, like, or from being a Karen, from being all over social media. Yeah, the the the, the woman who weaponized. <laughs> oh, man, it's so fucking frustrating. And, and and my thing with that is like here here's the thing like when people make the argument like oh well, the police there wasn't their intention like they're not racist. Um, yeah, they didn't have to use that much force, but it was an accident. Well, let me let do this even, exercise. I don't even think we can. I don't even think it's a point in like anybody who thinks it was an accident. I don't even think there is a point in wasting like energy and having that conversation because like no, no, it wasn't like period. <laughs> so like, what else can you? What is what else is there to say? It which which gives me two points. So my my thing being do this exercise if this is how you feel about that. Take what is happening in black and brown communities with excessive police force and just suppose that in your communities. Just suppose that. So have that imagine that police officer doing that in Ballantyne. Mm-hmm. Imagine that police officer doing that in, in Clayton in St. Louis. Imagine them doing that in whatever the whitest neighborhood <laughs> is in your city and saying it's an accident. Yeah. And then take that and let it happen periodically throughout the year. Right. And nothing happened. Yeah. How long do you think it would take for something to change? Oh, we wouldn't we would when we heard about the incident, the change would have already occurred. Yeah, everybody yeah. fired. Yeah, 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 at the very moment. Yeah, yeah. So No, so I, even if and, and if we want to go deeper with it, imagine a black police officer going into these neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Accidentally killing, accidentally, air quotes, killing a black man or woman or a white, excuse me, a white woman or man. Yeah. I'm just not sure, like, I think of anything because you want to, so like we've had conversations about like br- bringing a black or brown baby into this world, like. My or I don't even I don't even know if we've discussed it on the podcast of like my emotional state in in the first trimester trimester of um of our pregnancy, but like those are real thoughts, and I think for like this podcast because I'm sure there are people who listen who do not look like us, and I'm just thinking about like the things that like are not happening so. In this, in our household, in in particular, the other day I was like stressed. So I was stressed about like, I think work stuff, um, entrepreneur stuff, and then Naomi was like being overwhelmed. I was we were overwhelmed as parents, and so she took a nap, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go for a run," and Justin was like, "Like, you going to run an errand, <laughs> or you going to like physically go and run?" And he's asking me this because, like, I I legitimately, I'm the worst runner on the face of of the planet. And so, but it was literally the only thing that I could do that I knew 
would really like snap me out of it and blow off steam. And so I'm thinking, you know, so I go on this run and I'm thinking to myself, once another incident takes place, how many African-Americans across the world at that time want to blow off steam by going for a run? And then how many take a second, get like, uh, like think twice about doing so? Like how many of us hear the news of one of us being gunned down, choked out, stomped out, kneeled on, and then want to go blast our music in our car? And can't, and then think twice about it. And, and that's really it. That's the, that's it. What a privilege it must be. To get to up live and in do America, life. To, to live in America and only have to worry about yourself. Yeah, or not have to worry about the color of your skin unless it benefits you. Unless it benefits you. And what a privilege it must be to be able to walk in your neighborhood and know nothing is going to happen. To be able to get pulled over and only have to worry about getting a ticket. Mm-hmm. And then I think for like those of us and who who do belong to the African American community, like those of us who are not angry about it, I don't even necessarily think that these individuals need like public shaming. Like I don't think that's it. Like if there is a friend or loved one of yours who does not see like the severity of of all of this or the toll that it's taking on us as a community. I think that that is a conversation that you have with a loved one as a loved one. Like that's that is a yeah. loving conversation that needs to take place. And it's going to be a challenging one. By all means it'll be challenging. But this is not the time for us to like be at each other's necks on social media like why the fuck she not put you know what I mean like this it, that ain't it like this is this is too deep for that and then on the opposite end of the spectrum here's an important lesson that I learned probably two or three years ago there's absolutely no point in arguing with someone who doesn't view who don't have the same views as you who doesn't have the same views as you and doesn't view these murders, let's call them what they are, mm-hmm. as unjust. Because yeah. never in the history have you ever heard someone who is racist admit that they weren't racist anymore. Or say, <laughs> that, you know what, you're right, I am racist. Right. Or that was racist of me, huh? Yeah, nobody has ever admitted <laughs> to being racist. I just... So, save your breath. And just realize that either A, they're hiding it, or B, they don't care enough to understand or they don't care enough to acknowledge and educate themselves how their actions could be on the racist side. Yeah. I would love, I I think now that we are, what, maybe like 30 minutes into this conversation, I do, it, it might have been too soon for us to have it. Like, for us really to have, uh, I don't know. Like, I don't feel like, so for the majority of the people, and maybe I'm making assumptions, but for the majority of the people who I think probably tune into our podcast, I feel like we are preach. We may be preaching to the choir or not. I don't know. Yeah, I, For me, I, I needed this to be a space to vent mm-hmm. and I need I, the, the beauty of having your own medium is is what I don't want us to lose focus on is what we're doing this podcast is for us yeah for so why we started this is to be able to sit down at a set time weekly bi-weekly mm-hmm. and just discuss whatever's on our mind and keep the communication flowing in our relationship as we move along in marriage and life keeps happening. Yeah. So if we lose, don't lose sight of that and realize like, hey, we just so happen mm-hmm. to have this platform that other people listen to. Yeah. 
And what I would encourage people to do is have these conversations in your own home just as a, a means to vent because you still got to go out here and live life. There are still people got to wake up and go to work tomorrow. Yeah. So vent with us. Yeah. Even if you, you know, you're riding in your car and, or you listen to this at work, like, hey, man, let us, yeah. let us be your thoughts for you. Mm-hmm. So it, your anger doesn't manifest in an unhealthy way. Yeah, people definitely, I think, need to know that, like, you're not alone in not watching videos. Like, you're not alone in trying to um, suppress your emotions to get through the day. I don't think any of us are alone in that. You're not alone in, like, bawling your eyes out about the whole situation. You're not alone in reposting you're not alone in going to work and being like, fuck all this shit. <laughs> like, this don't even fucking matter. You're not alone in trying to figure out what you need to do to get dual citizenship for some other place outside of America. Like, you are you are not alone. We see you. You're not alone in coming into your blackness. You're not alone in figuring out, like, you know, this is my role. This is my place. And being a part of the solution, I think that that's a really strong growing process. So I I, I pray that, um, or it's my hope that the the story that I mentioned in the beginning, um, yeah, like it's not one of my finest moments. I could literally see Justin's disgust on his face when I would be arguing back and forth with him about like, yo, like, no, you're not going. He went, by the way. Duh. But um, I do think, like, I feel so much differently. I think even a part of that was me just being, like, selfish and and self-centered as, like, a young adult. And I do think it's a a huge difference from, like, how we are brought up and what Justin learned um, and what he was informed of and how close he was to these moments in history physically um, and through his education that makes all the difference. Um, so that's even a conversation or, or a point or takeaway to, to how you bring up your own children. And there has not been a moment where, like I've never felt more endowed to support us ever and for those of you listening who may not be a part of the african-american community or be struggling with where your place is in this community i'll say this like when you see us you know comment on um somebody's posts and and give them props for something, or you see us reposting black business or hashtagging black girl magic, black business, support black business. I'm proud to be black, wearing a shirt, you know, whatever that looks like, or support your HBCUs or defending HBCUs. Like when you see us upright, positively enforcing all things black, that's not excluding other races. It's not, it's it's not excluding other communities. But it's because like we are so we go unseen in so many other places that it's like, okay, y'all don't have to rock with us, but we gonna rock with us regardless. And that is our way of showing up for one another. And so if you're struggling to kind of figure out like where you fall in here, like don't be afraid to have conversations with you know, people whose minds not may not be like yours, but something that you, but someone who whose mindset or ideals you you aspire to, because I've learned a lot in the last couple of years, and just being able to put myself in somebody else's shoes and be like, yo, this is we're not immune to this. This isn't like a socioeconomic thing, like this is a black thing, this is an American thing. Absolutely. And, man, and 
honestly, it's okay to have black pride, and I don't want anybody to feel ashamed about being black or promoting being black because if we sit down and talk about the situation, we are the only race where it's this negative stigma that comes with anything with being black. And prideful. And prideful about it. You can happily go to the Asian American store. You can have a whole Mexican section literally at your local grocery store. You can go to Chinatown. Mm -hmm. But the minute you name something black, oh, they're excluding everybody else. Yeah. Oh, it's this next, why aren't you including everybody else? Or if you name it black, oh, it's the Dominican hair store. It's okay to be black. And I'm not shaming anybody. I'm just, I'm encouraging you to be you and not feel like you have to put yourself in a shell or you have to put yourself in this this mold to fit anybody else's narrative. Mm -hmm. And then for anybody else who isn't of the minority community, of the African-American community, of the black community, if you don't know what to do, is the first step, just ask, what can I do? Yeah. And yeah. that goes a long way. If you have somebody in your life or you, you work with somebody or you talk with somebody and you consider them a friend and an acquaintance, whatever the case is, just ask, hey, are you okay? How can I help? And and if you ask, are you okay? And it's just y'all, they're going to know what you're talking about. Yeah. And that's it. Like, just that thought. And be ready know for that, them to hey, say no. Not, be, yeah. And, and when you get it, when you get a no, just realize it's not personal. Mm-hmm. Like, that thought matters most. But the biggest thing is them needing to know that you acknowledge mm-hmm. what we're all going through. Yeah. And no, it's not your responsibility, personally. We get that. No, yes, it is. No, no, no. Give me a second. We we get it's not your responsibility from where you come from. Maybe the way you were brought up, that's not your responsibility. But times, like, what we're seeing is happening over and over and over again. And if you don't get that times have changed enough to where it is your responsibility now from where you were brought up and how this affects you and how this affects us, you're a problem. And you need to educate yourself on how you can fix within you to help better us. Yeah. I'm mad that you said you gave a James Baldwin quote in the beginning because now mine going to sound like I just Googled it. (laughs) (laughs) No, but in in my Instagram scrolls, um, and and we'll post it to Marriage Caviar, um, the Marriage Caviar page or stories some way, somehow. But there's a an interview that he did in 63, I think it was. And he said something along the lines of, these people have um, deluded themselves for so long that they really don't see us as human. Hmm. And I just... I'm completely dumbfounded by the point that there are so many mediums that have taken place, so many platforms that have been used years ago, ages ago, decades ago. The decade is 10? Decades ago. Like, and it's still relevant in 2020. It, it, it is crazy to me that it's still relevant. Yeah. James Baldwin interviews from 1963 still relevant in 2020. Spike Lee's movies still relevant in 2020. I, I think the the biggest, the craziest mag, magic trick that I have ever seen is how America somehow as like racism it's a centuries old thing. Yeah. Like that that to me is wild. Like I if you really sit there and think like, man, like everything that you hear about race is like, oh, that was so long ago. Man, that was last generation. That that was, that was your mom. No, that was last week. No, no, so when we're talking about like the civil rights area, that was that was your mom. That was your oh, dad okay. going through that. And then now when you talk about what we're going through, like this the racism hasn't stopped, it's just evolved. Yeah. And it's they keep telling us that it's too old. It's an old thing. Like, no, it's still happening. It's still happening. And 
I think it's up to us to band together and support each other emotionally during these times. Yeah. Um, and just understand it's okay to suppress feelings. I, I have been doing it for years just to be able to make it through the day and to revert this back to our relationship. I will honestly say like that's one of the biggest things that I had to do and what being married allowed me to do mm-hmm. and being a, becoming a father allowed me to do is just re-tap back into those emotions that I had suppressed for so long mm-hmm. where now it just like overflows and I've talked about it in you know previous episodes it's like man like I have way more emotion than I'm used to having and <laughs> And that's because I had suppressed it for so long just because I, I felt so angry. Yeah. And then now when stuff like this happens and you have a family, you have a wife, you have a daughter and just people that you care about, it really heightens that anxiety that yeah. you go through on a day-to-day basis just by waking up. Mm-hmm. I remember as I was coming into... Um my current state ass coming home from work i don't even i don't i don't remember which job i was at um but coming home from work and being like so babe you've been woke for a long time <laughs> like how are we supposed to operate at work when you know after seeing after watching this like after feeling this like being and you just looked at me like I don't know like we don't know like we're not we're not this is not supposed to be a a thing like this constant state of fear this constant state of trauma and traumatic event like it's is this is not fucking normal no and I like I can speak for myself and I'm sure that this is a lot of other people as well. But like the moment that, you know, and I, I call it my Malcolm because I don't really think I never had any Martin in me. I just feel like, you know, I, I wasn't not I wasn't aware, but just like I was just really, really selfish in, in my in my old ways and just really thinking that I was above the fray like and I wasn't you know what I mean I, I, I'm just lucky out here in these streets for for the time being until you know until it is me or, or one of us and so I feel like you know don't be afraid to like it's, it's never too late to figure out like what your position is it's never too late to challenge yourself in that in your mindset of like what is actually happening to us and us includes all of us light skin dark skin privileged poor rich it doesn't matter like it it's all of us college educated or not this this is happening to every single one of us and we don't know how to 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 get through the everyday life. Like this is not a this is not normal. Period. It's okay not to be okay. Yeah. And, and it's okay to take a break. Like I've I've called myself on social media and every every other post is is triggering. Honestly. Yeah. And it's it's okay to take that break. You mm-hmm. don't you don't have to subject yourself to that. Yeah. Um, only you know what you can handle. Yeah. And, and protect your mental, protect your emotional space, especially especially if you have kids, especially if you have family and people who depend on you. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's really easy to go. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. It's really easy to go into that, that dark space and, and not get out. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Um, talk to people. Yeah. Check on your people. Be with your people. And if you are in a relationship where things look different for for the two of you and how you feel and think about this like type of stuff, listen, have those tough conversations and don't completely shut down one another's point of view because you don't really know where, you know, where it's stemming from. 
you you just don't know like challenge each other to 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 learn more to dig into the history of it all because like Justin said like this is not this is not new shit like this is just newly performed <laughs> like at this at this point in time and I don't know I mean do any of us really truly have the answers no we don't but we really just wanted to hop on here to to tell our truth um, within our relationship and in matters of social justice. Um, I know I really wanted to to really be transparent because I know I'm not the only one. I know I'm not the only one in my freaking friend group because I just remember calling one particular friend like this man said why he want to go to St. Louis, and she was like yeah insert husband's name here too like he trying to go too and we both was on the phone like I don't even know why they let themselves get so bent out of shape about this and literally like y'all are the same bill like grew up learning all about this grew up in a more southern environment than she and I did and we really had to like y'all really had to wake us up so I know firsthand that like this I'm we I'm not an anomaly here. Like it's more of us out here thinking that this can't happen to us. And so I appreciate you, babe. I appreciate you for challenging me and having those conversations back in the day. Um and continuing to challenge me by like saying like no, I I can't you know, it's not going to be healthy for me to watch this and go about work because that did kind of give me a push to say like, okay, well, let me schedule a time for me to, you know, actually look at this so that I am in my right state of mind because that shit is hard. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you too. <sighs> Thankful that we take out the time because... Hopefully from this point can move forward and I just felt like I've had this like this this dark spot just hanging over like the past few weeks that I've just been suppressing. Yeah. Like knowing at some point I need to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um so hopefully this is the first step in that and then I think we'll have more conversations about this. I think this yeah. this conversation was the pretty icebreaker. raw, to be completely honest. Um just needed to It needed to happen. Needs to happen. So hopefully we'll see y'all in a, a couple weeks and um we're back normal. Yeah. Normal ish. Ish. <laughs>